Hey booze, welcome to Crime and Spirits, your one-stop shop for handcrafted cocktails, spooky stories, and all things true crime. I am your resident bartender, Suze, and I'll be teaching you all a new drink recipe at the beginning of each of our episodes. And I'm Bree, drinker of the drinks, and I write the stories we tell. So, what should you expect while listening to us? Well, good question. There's going to be some swearing. Oh, a lot of swearing. Probably some rambling. Definitely rambling. And most likely a lot of off-topic pop culture references. We specialize in Bob's Burgers and maybe Always Sunny. Definitely. But what do you want from us? We're going to be drinking. And hopefully you will be too. So come hang out with us each week. And if you want to spend more time with us, check out the description for the link to all of our socials. Let's buckle up buttercups and sip tight. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Crime and Spirits. We are your girls. I'm Bree. I'm Sue. And Mark is still with us. Hey, Mark. And tonight we're getting back into the Watts Family Murders. Part two. Part two. Just in case you missed part one and you're not really feeling like going back, which you should, but in case you're not. In 2018, Shanann Watts and her two daughters go missing while Chris Watts, husband and father, is at work. We should mention that Shanann is pregnant at this time also. Police get called and an investigation begins. Chris makes a public plea for the lives of his family via a televised interview. That same day, detectives call Chris in for an interview during which we learn that law enforcement suspects he was involved. Shocker. Hmm. We left off with Chris agreeing to a polygraph. So now you're all caught up. Suze, we're doing the same cocktail, right? We are, yeah. I figured why complicate things. We're doing a Colorado Bulldog, which as we found out was mildly delicious. Yeah. If not weird in the ingredient department. I like it. I will repost the whole recipe, but it's basically a white Russian. We used vanilla vodka, a Kahlua-style liqueur. We used cream, like you put in your coffee, just the plain stuff. The weird twist here is that you top it with Coca-Cola, like the soda. And it was really, really good, guys. It was like vanilla-y, but also maple-y. Yeah. I don't quite know how to explain it. I Even Mark it. liked it. I drank it. He did. <laughs> he liked it. For the record, Mark does not drink. He is usually the one wrangling Susan and I. Well, we drink our faces <laughs> off. This is accurate. Oopsies. <laughs> I have a lot. I have like a slideshow on the like of pictures on for my desktop on my computer, and so many of them are just you and I like running amok, and you can tell that Mark's just in the background somewhere trying like, to like mm-hmm. taking a picture of you guys being ridiculous. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or be like stand here where I can see you both. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We may go out of town and get buck wild, and somebody has to watch us, and yes. that's what we're here for. She's like, I think the, it's the cast over there. Let's go! And she's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't think I can move very fast based on how I look, but I can but when I want to. When we're, when we're motivated, guys. One of my favorite pictures from the Boulay show is us. We, we did a selfie, and in the very, very back, it's blurry, but you can tell one of the performers was outside smoking and Suze is literally pointing like to the performer. <laughs> it's one of my favorite pictures. Because I'm like, I think that's Sigourney Beaver. <laughs> it was it was I think it was all of them actually. Yeah. Anywho, we digress. So As per usual. Let's up, Sig. <laughs> yeah, hey. hey girl. 
You did tell me you liked my shirt that I made specifically to meet you, so I mean, no big deal. Hair flip. <laughs> She's obviously listening. <laughs> She's. We're obviously going to be best of friends. We can dream. That'd be. We'll get on it. Don't you worry. That's the real dream. So the cool thing about this case is that there's so much video footage available for our consumption. And it all happened in real time, so yeah. it was instantaneously available, and it's still available now. Mm-hmm. And you get all these cool people, like Logan from Observe. Logan, <laughs> we got your name, Logan. <laughs> and the JCS YouTube channel, they did some really cool analysis, so I highly recommend you guys watch them. So we get to see Chris squirming firsthand, and it's really interesting from a behavioral perspective. So the next part of the story... Starts at 11 a.m. on August 15th, just two days after Shannon initially disappears. We meet Tammy. She is a badass. We love Tammy. <laughs> we love Tammy. Um, she is a polygrapher, and she's who administers the test to Chris. All polygraphs start with a pre-test phase. This is basically where the administrator goes over all the instructions that must be followed. They also establish the personal the personal history of the examinee. So they basically just have like a little chat and the polygrapher will often inquire about like the examinee's own version of the facts, what they say happened versus what police want investigated more. So just as just a quick little side note, so Chris shows up for this polygraphy test, which is going to be such a big deal. Like it's going to be like this is make or break in it, the case, it pre- in, especially in his head because the investigators did ramp it up to be oh, as such. For sure. He shows up without his wedding ring on. Two days, two fucking days. two days after his wife goes missing, and you're not wearing your ring anymore. Because what the fuck? We probably forgot to put it back on after he saw what's her face. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Looking at you. We're basically saying what the fuck, Chris. Mm. <clears throat> and we're I don't think we're basically saying it. I we are we just are like exactly what the fuck, Chris. You can fuck all the way off for this. <laughs> um so Tammy basically begins this whole thing by trying to make Chris feel a bit more comfortable. She says it's okay to be nervous, that she would think something was wrong with the person who wasn't nervous at <laughs> all before something like this. The way she did this, again. A beautiful choreographed dance. (laughs) She's so calm and personable. And personable. There's like hand gestures. She like touches his forearm, touches his shoulder. Like she's just very reassuring. Don't you worry. I'd be nervous too. (laughs) Um, She goes on to talk about how she's highly trained, highly experienced, and she has had all of the best schooling in this specific area. Mm -hmm. Um, She's done a lot of these tests like no big deal we have the best technology so don't you worry it's going to be highly accurate basically is hilarious and also a technique like this is something that like polygraphers will often do which we didn't i at least i did not realize it until we watched the breakdown of the video and he was like oh this girl is just she's working like it's an art form and i was like wait what and then the more i watched i was like wow like her subtle way of reassuring him and also trapping him at the same time Mm -hmm. was just astonishing i'm positive that at the beginning of that polygraph test 
that Chris thought she was totally into him. Oh yeah, that's he was trying to figure out how he was going to go on a date with this chick. How am I going to get her number after this? Oh man, she's touching my shoulder. Like oh, she's totally into me. I don't know. Maybe I just view him as a giant douche like that. (laughs) I mean, it's a giant douche like that. Just seems like he's that kind of person who thinks any woman who looks at him is like in love with him. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I would not be able to hide my disdain, hence why I'm not a polygraph test administrator. When I was... I couldn't even imagine Or a poker player. (laughs) I'd be like, "Mm, I don't believe you. I had a paralegal instructor tell us, like, my class a story the one time about how she had to, like, sit across from this guy who was accused of sexual assault. And it was so unbelievably obvious that he did it. Like, he wasn't even trying to, like, hide it at all. And, like, they worked... She worked for a defense attorney at the time. And she was like, that was my last case that I worked at that office. She's like, because you have to sit there and you have to work to defend that person. Who's very clearly not in the right. I could never. (laughs) I could never. But we'll give it to Tammy. She does tell Chris, I want you to have confidence with the fact that if you had nothing to do with this disappearance, we're going to find that out today. Now, just think about how that's worded. Like, if you had nothing to do with this disappearance, we're going to find out about it. And the best part about this is, like, her tone of it is just like, don't worry. Like, if you had nothing to do with this, you don't have anything to worry about. Like, everything's going to be fine. We're going to get to the truth. Like, you're going to basically be able to go home and have a good time. And keep in mind, guys, that, like, while this is happening, they have not, like, outright said, like, you are a suspect. They have not named him as a person of interest. Like, none of that stuff. And this is all voluntary. Exactly. He does not have any legal representation. He has not asked for it once. So take that as you will. Right. Just saying. Um... Sorry. No, you're good. Say say, it. I think the best part about it is as you hear her explaining these things to him, you can pinpoint the parts where you can see Chris on Chris's face that his heart is falling out of his butthole. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, God. <laughs> you can tell that he's tried so hard to keep it together, but the words she's choosing and the way she's saying it, she's so calm, and you can yep. tell that he's it's like... It's so <laughs> deliberate. I'm terrified. It's fascinating to watch, really. Well, and this winds up all being a tactic, again, so that basically they can just put pressure on him beforehand. Um, it's not a standard with polygraphs, but it's often used in scenarios where the law enforcement agents are pretty certain you're guilty, so they just want to sort of, like, poke the bear before they really yeah. get into it. Um, it's much harder to lie when your brain is in an anxious state, which is accurate. And I think that's really, <laughs> I think that's really why. They ultimately. were just trying to push him off center, basically, yeah. like, even further than he already was, in my opinion. I but. agree. And, I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty clear that they were using any sort of mental gymnastic tactic they could. I love it. Yeah, I'm here for it. He that talk he gave himself before Right. This. Yeah, yeah, very you know, that. sitting in the mirror before this like, you'll be fine. You got this, You're bro. You're just going to be chill. I'm going to go out chill. there and Nicole and I are going to go to the bar later. It's going to be all good. Blech. Right, like, no, he face. gave himself a pep talk, and they just unpep talked him. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, and with one small conversation before she even started it, she was like, "There's two. There are two ways you can fail this test. Mm-hmm. If you fail to follow the instructions, which she was very clear with all of the yeah. instructions, she was like, the other way is if you choose to lie." She says, and this is a direct quote, this is, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
if you did have something to do with the disappearance, it would be really stupid of you to come in and take a polygraph test today, right? Yeah. And she said it no, like just like that. Like, so... Very like, nonchalant. Nonchalant. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you wouldn't fucking be here. If, and she actually goes on to say that, like, several times throughout this whole experience with him. Like, you wouldn't be here if X, Y, Z. Right. Whatever she she needs in the moment. She does rephrase it several times Mm -hmm. and end it differently, but it's always like, well, you wouldn't be here if you were guilty or if you knew what happened or if you knew who took them or whatever it, whatever it is. Because I really feel like, like you'd mentioned, there's no lawyer, there's no legal representation in the situation. So I really think that they were trying to convince him that they did not think he was guilty, that this is a formality, that we have to rule you out so we can find out who did do it right so like he likely also that was probably part of his pep talk yeah. like they don't think that i did it i just, just envision him to... in the mirror like huh, huh, like flexing <laughs> his muscles and like you can do this bro like yeah mm, stay calm dude <laughs> i wish you could see the look on her fucking face right now I'm disgusted. she is disgusted that's literally what i was gonna say like she looks disgusted <laughs> i am appalled <laughs> So Chris goes on a tangent of how he misses his little girls and how he is really worried that someone has them and that they're not safe. Gotta save them. (laughs) Gotta save them. (laughs) He goes on to mention that someone might hurt them. And Tammy then asks about specifics regarding, like, the timeline of events. And she really ramps up the psychological pressure in the form of asking just, like, routine questions. She says that she needs to make sure that Chris is aware of what she is talking about and asks him specifically, what are ways that you can make someone disappear? And he seems very hesitant to answer. Like he did not want to say anything. He's like, what, what, like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, I don't have any, like, I don't know. Like, like, are you saying like from the movies or something? Like, cause again, his, our only reference might be criminal minds, but this dude's apparently watched a lot of movies dealing with this fact none of which (laughs) taught him that the fbi can find your text messages though so i mean Mm. what fucking movies are you watching turn hooch or something (laughs) not Uh, even the good ones (laughs) i hope so the dog is cute (laughs) something that didn't have text messages um so he gives some bullshit answer and he talks about hitmen right he comes up with like paid for hits talking about how you know a guy who knows a guy (laughs) who knows a guy how you could pay for it and then she kind of it seems like she's just like over it and she goes well you can do it by murdering someone right well how does that happen like how can that happen like how can you basically like how do you murder a person chris i would be like i don't know like, I've never killed anybody personally. That's the problem is that I think he was trying to allude to that in the first question. Like, well, I don't know from personal experience, lady. But, like... But definitely a hitman, first and foremost. How was that your first... How Girl, was that? Someone other than me. <laughs> it wasn't me. A friend of a friend of a friend gave me an offer. I couldn't refuse. Hey. I lost my place and I was covering... Uh, so Chris should happen. <laughs> Chris mentioned several different causes of death. He like goes through like stabbing, shooting. He lists a lot of them, but yet he seems to go out of his way to not mention strangulation or smothering someone. Hmm. I wonder why. 
Foreshadowing. Yeah. Tammy specifically says, like, the words strangle and smothering. Like, basically, like, well, you can strangle someone, can't you? Like, you can smother them. Or smother them. And he goes, well, yeah. It's just so hard to think of those things right now. Hmm. I wonder why. I wonder why. Weird. Um, so, during the test, Tammy explains that she is not going to be testing on anything regarding guilt. It is solely about the question of his involvement and, like, the degree of it, I guess. Um... He gets a bathroom break, and then they start hooking him up to the machine. So we're just now getting into the actual testing part of right. it. Um, they start with the direct to lie portion. Um, there will be questions on the test that she wants him to lie to. Basically, it's so that known truthful questions will give a baseline of what telling the truth looks like. Um, control questions such as, like, he's given a, a cue phrase. If Kurt... Kurt? <laughs> What? <laughs> if Chris heard a question that started with before 2018, he was supposed to lie, which gives a baseline of what a deceit would look like. Mm-hmm. He's not Kurt. He's still Chris. Yeah, because the known truth questions were like, is your name Chris? Are we in the state of Colorado? Right. The control questions. Do if, you work at Bladder? Yeah. The control questions were like, before 2000, 2018, have you ever lost your temper with someone you love? Right. And you were supposed to lie. Right. Obviously, the answer to that, a lie, would be no. Because, of like, course, never. you lose your temper. No, I would yeah, never lose my exactly. temper, ever. So they're just trying to basically find a baseline for lies versus the truth. Um, relevant questions must be answered truthfully. They're related specifically to the crime at hand. Um, a guilty suspect would have a higher reaction to this kind of question versus the control questions for obvious reasons. So they'll, so basically, they'll know what deceit looks like when you're calm, and they'll know what deceit looks like when you're not. Anxious, yeah. Um, so Tammy does the practice tests. Afterwards, she tells him he did a great job, and they did it. He's a terrible liar. Oh, and I then love it. this chick. Actually, thanks him for it. Thank you. Thank you for being a terrible liar. You basically made my job so so much easier. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, But she said it in a way. This is the thing that. But it was like a. Yeah. It's like silly. This is why Tammy's amazing because she literally made it sound like it was. This happens all the time. This is so normal. This is exactly what we want from you, and this is perfect, and let's go take the test. This girl. I said she needs an award just because of, like, the skillful way she handles this. It was impressive. If you watch it, like we said, we're going to link it. You should Mm -hmm. definitely watch it. But, ooh, there are some parts that I'm like, oh, no, why is she saying that? (laughs) I I get it now that it's all in context. Right. Um, So right before she starts the test, Tammy Tammy actually (laughs) tells Chris, quote, the, the cool thing about this is that right now, only one of us knows the truth, and in about five minutes, there's going to be two of us. That's the coolest part, end quote. <laughs> I love it. She's literally, like, basically being like, I'm going to catch you. Like, That's I'm going to know. That's the butthole mm-hmm. time. Yes. Yep. 100%. Yep. And she's just playing it so, like, nonchalantly, like, oh my gosh, like, after, like, five minutes, bro, and it's going to be... Because she's got short hair, she's in a little blazer, she's, like, leaning in the to chat little, with like, him, sweater. like, flipping her hair, I'm like, you go, girl, like, where'd she get that sweater? Is. I yes, want to know. that too. <laughs> so, the test begins, and I have the relevant questions that Chris was asked, 
and what his answers were. So, as we said, they had other forms of question, and I did have them sprinkled in here, but it was just kind of wordy and a lot. And these are these are what's relevant. So, right. the first one regarding Shannon's disappearance. Also, this is the order in which they were asked during the test, with the other one sprinkled in. Regarding Shannon's disappearance, do you intend to answer all the questions truthfully? He said yes. Did you physically cause Shannon's disappearance? He said no. Are you lying about the last time you saw Shannon? He said no. And then this is the very last question of the test. And she asks him, do you know where Shannon is now? And he says no. And she just stares at him for a minute. Telling you this girl's a freaking magician. Just for a second. And it almost felt like she was emanating like disappointment. Like, or, like, uncertainty, maybe, to put him on edge yeah. kind of thing, or make like, him feel some you type sure of about way. That, bro? Right. Make him feel uncertain about his, himself. himself. So, after that, she ends the test. She unhook, unhooks him from the machine and takes all of her equipment out of the room. While he is waiting, because she told him, you know, I'll be right back. While he's waiting, this motherfucker pulls out his phone and watches a video of his final interaction with his kids. Doesn't that make you want to barf? Because I want to barf. It made me want to punch my computer screen. And tables. Like, ah. I have a laptop. It's easy to just pick it up and throw it <laughs> on the ground. Luckily, I have more restraint than that. But, like, oh, girl, it got right. real close for a minute. I just... this, And this is where I think the whole sociopathy thing is very valid. Because, like... What what other fucking explanation is there other than you are just so... He knows that they're watching him, I feel, so mm, he's trying exactly. to be like, look at what a good dad I am. Yeah. I miss my children so much while he watches the video. Like, that's not the creepiest thing in it's the whole entire world. It's fucking weird. I don't know how you could pull up a video like that and not have some kind of emotional reaction. Like, well, shit, I killed these little kids. Like, Yeah. Or I miss these little kids, even if you didn't do anything. And literally he's just anything. like, literally like stone-faced, just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fucking creepo. So Tammy returns, and she has the detective that he Ooh. previously spoke to the day before. That can't be I good. I couldn't find his name. Like, I don't know what the detective's name is. I, You guys, the script is fucking so long, and I was, like, cross-eyed by the time I got done writing it. I forgot to look up the detective's name. So sorry. He's the detective. <laughs> right. Mark, I think, is going to get the Googling. <laughs> um... So, the two of them come into the room, and this is so they can go over the results of the polygraph. And I know this is fucking crazy, guys, but... I am stunned. He didn't pass. By that news, Bree. Oh, my God. He failed it. She goes on to tell Chris that it was obvious that he was not being honest with law enforcement, and that the polygraph showed clear deceit. She promised him to tell the truth, but instead, Chris just promises that he didn't lie. Empty promises, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Mr. Detective basically told Chris to just stop. Like, stop talking. Yeah, just no. Just breathe. Just breathe. Um, Tammy makes an attempt to convince Chris that it's clear he needs to get something off of his chest. um, And that once he does, he will feel so much better. Yeah, she was really going in on the whole, like, they basically were like, you're a good person. And you want to tell us the truth. We know you have something to tell us. Like, mm-hmm. not goading him, but sort of encouraging him to just be honest. Like, we know something's up, dude. Like, we know something is up. You just need to, like, tell us what it is. Mm-hmm. 
Chris basically just continues to try and convince them, like, I'm not lying. I would never do this. You're da burr, da burr, da burr. <laughs> Tammy is like, no. Nope, it's not even a question. I know you were being deceitful. It's the only issue in that moment was figuring out what happened to the girls and Shanann and mm-hmm. where everybody was at. It didn't matter if you were lying or not. We just want to know what happened. Yeah. Um, so in this moment, I don't know if you know this, since Chris has not asked for any legal representation, this is technically just an interview. He could get up and leave. Yeah. He's just still walk out. not named a suspect or person of interest at all. Polygraphs are not admissible in court, and they're by no means definitive proof of anything, but Tammy is using something called the futility technique. Basically, it's just trying to make Chris feel like there is now no way for him to talk himself yeah. out of this. Like, I'm backed into this corner. I have nothing else nothing else to gain. There's, There's no nothing, way out. Right. Like, I'm not going to leave this room. I'm not going to be able to leave this room without telling them. Right. Without telling the truth. But they never said those words explicitly. They definitely made it seem, though. At this point, the investigators are starting to switch up how they ask their questions. They're starting to shut down any kind of rebuttal that Chris attempts to make. So it's bad cop, bad cop. Pretty much. They're no just more like, good cops. Like, we're aware of... We're aware that shit happened, bro. Chris says that he, quote, wants them to come back home. And Tammy, badass bitch Tammy, looks at him and goes, but you know they're not coming back home. You know they're not. And at this point, Mr. Detective jumps in and basically he just tells Chris, like, look, we know a lot more than you might think that we do. So where are they? And then Chris starts to get agitated. And they don't want that because when they get agitated, they tend to shut down. They're not going to be, like, ripe for coaxing information out of anymore. And he could ask for a lawyer. So the interrogators switch their tactics again. And this time they start praising him for pretty much just doing, like, the basics of fatherhood. Like, packing the girls' lunches or knowing what color sweater they like to wear. It's you just can't a lot it. of... I'd have to pull up the video, and I don't think this is an appropriate time to watch a video. Yeah, so okay. yeah you're right. Yeah. It's fine. Well, let's say that it's easy to find Tammy's name, because apparently everybody wants to know what her name was, because she's, she's awesome. Bad-ass bitch. That's she, what I'm saying. <laughs> I love you, Tammy. If you're out there, you go, girl. <laughs> you're crushing it. Um, so then, at this point, Chris basically just blurts out, I cheated on her, to which the detectives are like, yeah, no shit. Like, he's like, I know, I know, I know this. Um, Chris claims he feels horrible. He admits to denying it when Shanann confronts him about it, which she, from what I had read, did multiple times because she could feel something was off in their relationship. And then we know that there was evidence, irrefutable evidence of it later, that she confronted him again before. During that emotional conversation, she confronted him again about having a mistress. Right. Um, so Chris actually tries to say, like, this is the big, like, guilty feeling that I'm holding back. This is it. Um, this is the guilt that the polygraph picked up, basically. Like, this is why I felt anxious. Um, despite no one ever asking him about being... Right. Like, cheating on Shanann. So this just comes out of nowhere, just like these kids and Tammy smothering and all the other things that he's very clearly lying about. (laughs) Tammy literally says to him that's not how this works so (laughs) like just because you are holding a secret in like that's not 
that's not how the he he has watched the worst selection of movies in preparation for this. Ugh. Um, so the detective actually goes on to say this time should have been the happiest time of their marriage. He believes, though, that Shanann also did have a controlling side to her. She probably didn't listen to Chris as much as she should have, that she can do whatever she wants and he can't. How he believed that Shanann started on the path of separation first, that it's ironic that they're talking about him and Nikki. This is a tactic called the how and why solution. So it basically allows a suspect to admit to lesser acts and then blame the victims, so in this case, Shanann, right. while still minimizing their own actions in these emotional conversations. The first time I ever watched this without doing any sort of deep dive or, like, pretty much while it was happening, watching this and going, like, is this police officer fucking for real? Because at this point, like, anybody watching is like, okay, this motherfucker absolutely... 100,000% killed his wife, killed his kids, like, what? He done it. And then to have this police officer who really seemed like he was all for, like, finding the truth to, like, say this about Shanann, like, it really bothered me until I literally, like, realized after the fact that it was all, like, a bait-and-switch kind of thing. I was like, ooh, that makes way more sense. Right. Because, <laughs> man, you, you know, keep in mind, guys, like, our first exposure to this case was just, like, everybody else's. This didn't happen that long ago. Like, we watched all of this go down in real time. Dear God, it was only what, two years before COVID? It might as well be 800 yeah. years ago. Well, I mean, that's fair, but in but in real time, it was five years. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It just feels like so much longer, but <laughs> it's really not. It feels like 2020 and 2021 has lasted about five years each Seriously. versus like the one, but that's Seriously. neither here nor there. <laughs> five years versus the 12 months, yeah. <laughs> so, um... They they blatantly ask Chris, like, how do you how do you think it's possible for two children and a grown pregnant woman to just go missing without a trace like that? Because it's not, especially for right. someone like Shanann, who's literally right. active on social media five times a day. Like, I feel like she was an influencer before influencing really became, like, a job before goal. Before it was a thing, like, yeah. Like, I feel like that's what her, she was working towards doing. She I said she had, that. like, a million followers. She was selling shit online. And before, like, MLMs got bad names, like, it was, what, last year that LuLaRoe, like, came to light with everything? Yeah. Like, this time period was, like, prime time for those fucking periods. Oh, yeah. An inverted triangle funnel system. <laughs> Turn it upside down. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> this is how Mark and I communicate. We communicate to each other in, like, TV show quotes, so... Sorry Sometimes that, I get it, sometimes I don't. I'm mostly just like, woohoo. <laughs> so, I, I mean, obviously I'm really obsessed with Sunny, Always Sunny, and... The guys are considering doing like live tours of like their podcast, and I am so yes, fucking please. excited. We're I want begging it so you. bad, <laughs> and I really want to try to meet them. Like my le- my new goal we'll in life in is to row. meet Caitlin Olson specifically, but also everyone else because they're so fun. And I was <laughs> I said to Mark, I was like, I'm going to tell them that we communicate in quotes from their show and look like a complete psychopath. <laughs> Nice. But I'm sure they're used to it. It's the fan base. Maybe they'll do a meet and greet and we can just stand there awkwardly and stare at the cameras again. I will (laughs) word vomit to them because I'm not stunned by their beauty like I was with the Boulets. They're fine. No, I think I'd be like, you're so cute on TV. (laughs) Caitlin, I'd be like, you're so beautiful and tall. My mouth cannot form words. I love you. You're not a bird at all. (laughs) Anyway. 
burn it out. Burn it all. The one where D goes into her wall to get the cat is something that I feel viscerally to yes. my soul. Because I would breakup. do that. Mm-hmm. That's one yep. of my favorite episodes. Yep. As you can tell, I'm there for it. I I love the whole apple thing from that episode. Like I cannot. I'm not allowed to eat it with the skin. I'm not allowed. Here's your peeled apple that Mac likes you to have. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't remember where I'm at. Okay, here we go. Sorry. So back. No, you're. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I was not saying sorry to you guys. I was saying sorry to them. That's fair. Sorry, guys. Uh, so Tammy mentions that she is confused by the fact that Chris has talked about this big emotional conversation with his wife, and that he was crying his eyes out in all these tears and all these things, but yet. He hasn't shed a single tear in the two days that he's been at the police station. There hasn't been any kind of panic that his baby girls are gone. And she goes on to say, like, I have a child. And if that child was missing, like, I would be filled with panic. But you're just sitting here hanging out, basically. Like, what's up with that? And then he immediately sniffles. Like, it's the fakest, like, (laughs) sniffle in all the world. And he says that they shouldn't read into that. Should they? <laughs> like, don't read into that. Like, literally just that. Okay, so cool. <laughs> here's where things get weird. I mean, it's already weird, but, like, this is, like, a whole nother level of, like, It's the next, the like, fuck? floor of weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're taking the, I guess, elevator up. Tammy actually asked Chris, did Shanann do something to them? Mm-hmm. Referring to the girls. Did she hurt the girls? And he felt the need to hurt Shanann because of that. So this is actually a technique. It's called the Reed technique, not Spencer Reed. But <laughs> we wish. If only. Right. The suspect is actually given an alternative scenario, one that seems to be more morally acceptable than what actually may have transpired. Mm-hmm. So they'll just usually grasp on to that, I feel, and be like, yep, let me cling to yeah. that instead of the truth. Well, and we watch it happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you can In literally, real time. You can literally see it's like, oh. the thought processes happening in Chris's brain from this point forward. Yes. Like, you can literally see it. Um, the investigators really focused on the kids and how the only way that they left that house was in Chris's own truck. Um, At this point, the interrogators really sort of ramp up the pressure. They're utilizing literally all of the techniques within minutes. I don't know if it was to, like, confuse him or stun him or trap him or what. We know that you're a good dad. We know that you're a good man. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, just going in with all this, like, reaffirming things, but then accusations at the same time. And I found the truck thing, like, super interesting because it kind of led to what Tammy was for lack of a better term, suggesting what could have happened. Like, we, like, they basically were like, okay, like, we know for a fact, like, with the way everything went down, the only way those girls left that house was in your truck. So, obviously, you are aware of what happened in the house. Right. You know, and, like... where the girls are at. And I think that that's really, like... I think I thought that was really interesting, and it didn't really register until we were doing all of this. Right. But I was just like, wow, like... What a way to, like, drop another nugget of information. Like, they don't... The police doesn't... They don't have shit. Like, keep in mind, guys. Like, at this point, they don't have anything. They don't have bodies. There was no There's no forensics. No fingerprints, blood, hair. There's no fucking... There's not anything. So they need... They need Chris to tell them what happened. They have to. But they're dropping little nuggets of what they do know, as minimal as it is. And I think that it was just beautifully done. 
like orchestrated. It it was like way. it was like a weird ballet or something. I was like, wow, the way they're working with each other and just like catching the vibes yeah. and the like unspoken things. Like it was just Honestly, she wasn't kidding. She was very experienced. She was very good at her job. Hell yeah, I'd be scared to see her. And I have innocent of almost everything. Like, <laughs> don't come for me, Tammy. Don't do it. <clears throat> so, at this point, Chris asks to speak to his father. Not a lawyer. Nope, they asked to talk to his dad. Because, well, like, right before this, one of the things they said, like, well, your, your father flew across the country to be here and support you. Like, obviously, like, you know something's going on your father believes in you like that was just one of those like reassuring tactics and so they agree to let his dad come in but like they go to they say chris like you have to promise us to tell him the truth though like if we're gonna bring him in like you have to tell him what's up so chris tells his dad that he failed the polygraph he literally said i failed it like just he like, was like i failed like it. it was like a test or mm-hmm. something like, i mean it was but like I don't know. It was just weird. It's just one it of those things. It was not an algebra test. It was like, <laughs> this did is you not... hurt your wife and children test? <laughs> right. Dear God. The dad goes, was it be, like too many emotions? Like what happened? Like, of course, like his father is assuming well, the best. And his dad, it was sort of like they were sitting like in an L shape, almost like knee to knee. And yeah. his dad was just kind of rubbing his back. And he was like, so tell me. Yeah. Did he you literally, um, he asks Chris, like, if there was anything else he needed to tell him, and he outright asked him, like, did you do anything? Right. So, <clears throat> back to the emotional conversation. This fucking thing. Chris goes back to it, basically, with his dad, um, and it's regarding the separation. Afterwards, after the conversation, he went downstairs to, like, cool off, decompress, whatever it is he said he wanted to do. And Chris actually says, and it picks up on the interrogation yeah. room the live camera. Mic. Uh quote, I don't want to protect her. I don't know what else to say, end quote. So Chris's father is like, Well what do you mean? There's what so, happened? Like, there's so many pauses. This is kinda like this is a really good moment where you can see Chris's like thought processes, like what am I gonna do? Because he's coming next? up with a story and mm-hmm. his dad is like, I don't know how to process any of this, so like tell me like yeah. what what happened. Very much that. Um and Chris replies with Quote, she hurt them, and then I killed her, end quote. So Chris basically claims that he heard a commotion upstairs, but didn't think anything of it. When he goes back up the stairs, he sees Shanann on top of Cece, and he says that she smothered both the girls, and that he, quote, freaked out and did the same thing to her, mm-hmm. end quote. At this point, the detectives, like, gang bust in the room, and they're like, yep, It'll be fine. Like, thank you for telling the truth. Like, blah, blah, blah. Um, it should be noted that Ron, I think his name is Ronnie, the dad, right. is like, hey, do we need a lawyer? He literally, he literally was like, well, we're going to have to talk to a lawyer and see what we can do. Because, like, obviously, with this half-truth, like, Chris is culpable of something. He's not, at this point... Chris it's not father. self-defense because she wasn't trying to smother you. So it's exactly. like, there's that... There's something happening There's a gray there. area here, but that Chris is still going to need legal advice. But because it's the father asking about the lawyer, the detectives are like, let us redirect his attention. And they're like, hey, um, we need you to do this, that, and the third. Tammy asks that 
asks Chris to tell them what he just told his dad, and he complies. He goes through the whole story. So he basically, at this point, has confessed officially to at least part of the crime, so he can no longer leave on his own at this point. Right. Because now they have probable cause to be like, bitch, you in jail. Yeah, 100%. They have pretty much what they need at this point. However, they don't have the biggest thing of all. They don't have any bodies. And it is very difficult, if at all possible, in some jurisdictions, to prosecute a murder without a body. I don't know what the state of Colorado's laws are like, but I just know that that's a general thing. Why don't, if nothing else, their terrain is like mountains and valleys and rivers. And if somebody doesn't give you the location, chances are very good that no one will ever notice that they are there. Exactly. Sadly. the interrogators ask him directly, where are the bodies? For the first time, he was immediately forthcoming. We learned that Chris used the location of his first job that morning as his disposal site. And Tammy begins asking for more details, like, how did he transport them out there? Did Shannon fight back at all? Chris is crying at this point, and, like, it kind of seems genuine in the sense, and I think the reason why because is because he's, caught, he's in trouble now. Not because he hurt he anybody, it's because yes. he's trapped Exactly. Now. Son of a bitch. Exactly that. And he just keeps mm. saying that he just didn't know what to do, and that rage just took over his body when he saw... What Shannon was allegedly doing. Allegedly. Well, yeah, I wasn't. I was not going to write that she did that because she fucking didn't. Mm, nobody believed that. Not even for five freaking seconds. I think that like his father may have believed it, but I think his father of, wanted to believe it, yeah. not he actually believed it. Right. Exactly that. Um, so the investigators leave the room again, basically just to probably watch from the monitors and That's see what, what, what Chris is going to say. Seemed weird that dad. they would just leave after that. Um, Chris immediately, basically, as soon as the door shuts, he's like, quote, I'm going to fucking prison. Why did this happen to me? End quote. Chris's Why did dad this happen like, to you? To, to him. Why did this happen to Shannon? And your fucking innocent children. You and your bitch. two soon to be three children. What? Oh, I hate him. So Ronnie leaves the room. Um, He leaves Chris with the investigators. So Tammy basically shows him a satellite picture of his work site taken earlier that day. And it looks like something from, like, Google Earth, from what I could see. It was just... I worked for an oil company, so it was a lot of big oil tanker Mm -hmm. related type things just sitting in the middle of like nowhere, pretty much. The best part about this moment was when he asked Tammy, when was this picture taken? And she goes, today. And he's like, or he's like, when was this, what's this picture from? Like, when's this picture from? And she goes, today. And he goes, oh. And then like, it's very obvious in the photo where the ground is disturbed mm-hmm. because Chris actually points out exactly where Shanann's body is buried. Yep. And then, which really, honestly, if I saw this man, I would mow him down with my car. <laughs> um, I mean, same. He proceeds to tell the police that he put his daughters into the oil tanks that are directly next to Shanann's burial site, her grave site. Um, Fills with wanna... rage. <clears throat> I just don't under... I just don't understand the mindset. Mm-hmm. What? There's so many other ways to not have a family. You could literally just walk away. 
Instead, you just blow everything up and everybody's dead. You've just you? not been back. Not right. been there when she came right. back from North Carolina. That's what he I'm had saying. Five weeks to leave his life. Exactly. It's very true, yeah. He could have just changed his phone number, dumped the phone, whatever, got out of there, and just left. Yeah. And, and he did again. not. He chose actual violence. In this case, violence. you know, not that I agree, obviously, but in some cases, you're like, well, they killed them, their spouse, because they wanted to get rid of them, and they had insurance money. In this case, wasn't it just he just killed them? He like, just killed yeah. them. He didn't have anything to gain from it other than his freedom. Just fucking leave, bro. Like, yeah. Just go. It's much easier. <laughs> it's literally you can just walk away. Like we're just saying, you didn't have to go to jail for that. Like no. At most, you get, get found support, and you have right? to pay child support. Like, like but you know worse what? Worse than life in prison, and also the you know killing your. Well, it's crazy. It's pretty fucking awful too. Well, it's also crazy too because I mean, like, think about like the toxic mindset that men have regarding child support like reddit has showed me the worst of the worst of the like human population and there are men out there who and while this happens genuinely believe that women's sole purpose in life is to trap them by having babies with them and forcing them to pay child support or like cheating on that said man and then forcing him to provide child support because he made more money versus the man that you had it and while there are absolutely women out there who do this like it is no, it's not my sole purpose in life. It's not yours. Not at nobody, all. Nobody in this room. I'm good, thanks, though. Like, so, I mean, like, who knows? Chris gives a lot of incel kind of behavior to me. Like, I get that vibe from him very much so. I did not get that until he started working out and yeah. got fit. And then he was like, well, now I'm going to have an affair and do all the things yeah. I want to do. Flips hair, like, let me do what I want. But again, why not just walk away? Like Mark said, all that time. Peace out, bro. So much time to just do it. Yeah, he could have picked apart his house at his leisure. Literally, like at any time. Like he could have just gotten out. Well, and then going back to the oil tank part, like okay, you already did the deed, but why not just bury all of them together? Like, why did you bury your wife? In a shallow grave, and then shove your children. Because I don't in know, an oil tank. Is that listed somewhere? It's like an eight-inch. We talk, yeah, like a little bit. It was not. It what he did to those girls. The was, the dia- I don't think I mentioned like the specific diameter. So it was like eight inches. Yeah, it's yeah. a diameter of eight inches that There's he shoved. There's a photo of the tape measure against the opening. So I know she. It was like what five and three. I think I the think girls so. were. I know they're not huge, but also like. They're probably wider They're than eight inches. They're bigger than eight inches. That just so it just adds a level of depravity. Yeah, I think to this that goes to a level like it's already bad. Like what he did was already awful, and then to find out the way that he, for lack of a better term, disposed of his wife and children is just this is the part that really just like made me go white hot with rage the first time because. It's horrifying. It is. We are slightly getting ahead of things. Yeah, a little bit. Because Chris is asked if he ever thought about calling an ambulance that night, like, for the girls. And um, she basically is like, can you just walk me through this whole thought process? Um, Which he tries, but none of it makes (laughs) any sense. No, because why would you? He claims he saw Shanann smothering one of the girls on the baby monitor which yeah. i know they have videos but they're like this yeah. big now and i'm making like i don't even know it's like three inches by three if inches that. if you're lucky 
but it's still black and white it's not like a 3d type of like i can see everything that's happening but i think he actually said at some point like i saw cc turning blue yeah so i ran upstairs and was just white hot with rage and pretty killed much Shanann. but the children were already dead allegedly um Tammy, though, proceeds to ask Chris, are you okay with the public actually thinking that Shanann killed her own children? And he's like, he just says, I did not hurt these girls. Not yeah. my girls or my children, just these girls. Because at this point, they're like, okay, this is another <clears throat> tactic. They're like, are you, okay, so this is the story. They don't believe it. So they're like, are you okay with people thinking this? Are you okay with her family? But he doesn't say this? yes or no. He just says, well, I didn't do it, so it yeah. had to have been her, right. obviously. pretty much. So the detective, Mr. Detective, lounging in the corner during all of this, he says straight up, he's like, I don't believe you, like, at all. He's like, I think that you were getting a taste of this new life while Shannon and her, the kids were out of town, and that that new life... Like, you wanted it permanently. And the only way you could get it was by taking out your family. And so they ask him, like, what's going to happen when forensic evidence comes back and says it was him? What's going to happen when fingerprints come back around Shannon's, or one of the girls, like, neck, and it's you? And he basically is like, it's not going to be. It's going to be Shannon's. And he's very, like, firm in that throughout the rest of this. So he gets asked why he took mm. the girls out of the house at all. And this kind of ties into, like, why didn't you call 911? Like, what is it? Like, what are you actually fucking doing? Because both of the detectives have children. And they both said, like, I don't care. He, the one guy, he was like, if I walked into a room and my child was decapitated. I would still call 911. That's what he said. He's like. I don't know. Maybe they could reattach it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty much what he was alluding to. Yeah. He's like, when it's your kids. Like, you do everything. It's worth a try. You don't accept... You don't accept that it's over. So either like, way, you call 911 anyway, because... What, what do you do Well, it's just kids? like, oh, right. no, let me just dispose of everything? Right, like, what? Like, what? what? Like, it's not <laughs> what? like a, a what kind pet of crazy? or something that, like... I wouldn't even do that. I, I wouldn't cried either. hysterically when my cat died at home. I was beside myself. So what do I had to do drive me, Yeah, to the vet. But the, and that's just it. It's just crazy. And so he says that he was scared. Okay. And that the optics of it wasn't good, and he knew that. Ugh. So basically, that like if he knew that if he called nine one one, it would look would become like he did something wrong. Number one. Hmm, weird. And he respond. Um. So the day before, the detective asked him something about um, like what happened to Shannon or like just like they were talking about something and Chris says that what happened to them was the most evil thing that could happen now remember violence wasn't brought up literally at any point until this polygraph like post polygraph conversation and he responds with that he felt that what Shannon did was evil and then he felt evil for what he did to Shannon hmm weird mm. so basically at this point the interrogation is just and we're done. Um, the right. detectives tell Chris they'll have more questions once they recover the bodies since he gave them the exact locations mm -hmm. of it. Um, knowing what they know now, uh, Chris was arrested just three days after the disappearance was reported. So literally, that's like super fast mm -hmm. turnaround. Normally, shit takes a while to progress. He buckled. 
just a fun fact. Luckily, the job that Chris had with the oil company, they fired him the same day he was arrested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. That's karma. Better late than never, I guess. Um, the following day, <clears throat> August 16th, the authorities actually locate and recover the bodies of all three victims. Um, August 21st, this is when Chris is formally charged with three counts of first-degree murder. Um, one additional charge per child was added, and it was cited as, uh, quote, death of a child who has not yet attained 12 years of age, and the defendant was in a position of trust, end quote, which, as your dad, that's I didn't a position know of trust. that was a thing, but I'm happy that it is, because I think that it when you be. are a parent or a guardian or a school teacher or somebody that a child trusts, and you hurt them like this, you should get extra punishment oh, sure. because you're an extra special kind of. And I up. know in a case like this, it's just extra numbers on paper. Right. But it's the, pr- it's the principle it's of the it, principle. though. You need to pay and you need to own up to what you did. Um, and again, Chris is charged with one charge of unlawful termination of a pregnancy. It was a boy. Yeah. Shanann was pregnant with. Um, He's also charged with three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. Again, lots of awful things happen. Um, he's denied bail at his first court appearance, as he motherfucking should be. But at a later hearing, he receives a bail set at $5 million. Um, It does not appear as if he was able to come up with a 15% required down payment. And he did remain in custody, thank fucking God. Didn't you say that was like... A stupid you wrote it down it was like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars or yeah. something like that or no it was more than that. it was a butt ton of money it was it mm-hmm. was a butt ton yeah. of money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i very well doubt him or his family i mean none of, they weren't wealthy far Not from even it. remotely <laughs> like so within the next few months the trial process yeah, continues right. seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars um that is a that's, that's Ain't no bail large. bondsman just like, okay, here you go. Not for that. That seems that fine. That would be stupid. So the trial process continues. Uh, November 6th, Chris Watts pleads guilty. What? He was subsequently sentenced to five life sentences. Three of them were to be served consecutively and two served concurrently, which basically just means that one life sentence after another for the first three. Well, simultaneously serving the two. This you ain't never getting out of prison other than in prison a Prison sentences box. are okay, so bye. weird. <laughs> like, again, it's just numbers on paper, but I think that it, forever. like... Forever. Yeah. <laughs> you will be in jail until you die. You shall die there. you up in the corner and be like, and go about you your day. Well, he wasn't <laughs> given the possibility of parole, nor should he have. Yeah. Added on top of that was an additional 48 years for the unlawful termination of Shannon's pregnancy, which, as you well, should, in yeah. 36 more years for the charges of tampering with a deceased body. Not only one, but three. So, so that's like, what, 12 years per body? I think. His From what I did the math out. It definitely... I mean, good. Yeah, he bye. should get more. <laughs> I wish that he could serve more. His sentence was to begin immediately in Dodge Correctional Institution, but due to safety concerns, i.e., he was getting the piss beat out of him. Good, from what I read. We've said it before, and I'll say it again. There is hierarchy in jails, and people who hurt children 
are at the fucking bottom. Oh, and if they have their code, I'm. It doesn't make sense to any of us, but no. But if whatever blows your violent murderers and violent sex offenders are offended at the crime you committed. Really like, saying you, something you about done you, fucked like, up. like you did the wrong thing. And Chris, Chris fell in this category, so he was not safe, and they transferred mm. him to a maximum security facility in Wisconsin. That gives me some joy. At least he's not in the same state that his family lived and died in. You yeah. know, roast up in Wisconsin. He just needs to go away. Um, so. Fly, fly. I don't know if you were wondering, but I was sort of wondering. Mm-hmm. It's sort of interesting that the death penalty wasn't even on the table for this guy. I found it very odd. You know, there's two children, a baby, a, a woman, all murdered. Poorly. In cold blood for mm-hmm. no fucking reason. Yeah. So this was all thanks to Shanann's family. They actually made a request to the courts that there were no more deaths in this case. It didn't even matter if he caused all the deaths. They didn't want him to die also. Um, and they seem to be sort of supportive of the plea deal that Chris accepted. Um, however, on November 19th, the same day as Chris's sentencing, Shanann's parents actually filed a civil suit against Chris, citing wrongful death, which... As you fucking should. You're in the goddamn right there. Uh, they do end up receiving a $6 million judgment in their favor. However, obviously, they're probably never going to see a dime of this. Um, but it does actually prevent Chris from ever being allowed to profit from the deaths of Shanann, Cece, and Bella. Which, to me, I know I'm not... I have no say in it, but to me, that was, like, some little, like, silver lining. At least he can't write a tell-all book like O.J. Simpson or, you know what I mean? Like, do any of those things. Well, and I also, I, you know, mentioning O.J., I wonder, because this, O.J. happened before this, obviously. Yeah. O.J. Mm -hmm. was able to write his book, even though he was, wasn't he found guilty in the the civil suit? He was found guilty in the civil suit. That's what I thought. So I wonder if this is something that's either state-dependent like the not being allowed to prof- like profit off after the fact, or if there's a statute of that's what after that that was going to be my next thing. Like, or is it you know something that was made after because of that? Well, I know so, we learned in the case of Eileen Wernos that the son of Sam Law, Sam Law in Florida exists. Mm-hmm. So I really feel like it's probably state dependent, maybe. Because, I mean, O.J. Wett was in California when it happened. Well, and California is one of the most lenient, but they also don't really care for Like, it. smile upon people yeah. murdering, allegedly, other people. You know oh, what I mean? He it found. is the son of Sam Is it? Is it just across? The, is son it federal? Or is it? Prohibited criminals from profiting from writings or shows about their crimes. Okay. So, I just found it interesting that that was but i take it to heart that shanann's family was like we don't actually care about any sort of money we just want to know that you're not going to tell your side of the story quote unquote or like any of that horse shit i mean they're not they probably knew going into it his family's not made of money they're not going to get anything out of it but i think they just wanted more accountability oh for sure and to prevent any sort of anything from this so that there's that mm-hmm. <laughs> how the fuck did we get here you guys yeah girl <laughs> right like this is like crazy shit like chris watts killed his wife well and again so we watched this in real time it was what three days 
three, yeah, three or four over the course of this everything. This is just crazy to me. Yeah. They don't normally solve murders and break <laughs> murderers, like, that quickly. Well, and what was really while wild... While we're all watching. What was really wild about it is that exactly that. We were all watching, so it was really, like... It was very stunning to find out that this guy one day was pleading for the lives of his children, and then two days later he was being arrested on murder charges. Because, like, by all outward appearances, the Watts had the perfect life. So Literally perfect. What the fuck happened that made things go from rainbows and unicorns to murder and mayhem? Well, Nicole Kessinger happened. Nicole with a C, might I add. It's not Shanann's best friend, obviously. <laughs> no, it's not. Fuck no. I don't think that she would touch him with a 10-foot pole. She didn't even want to be near him. So. She didn't like him mm. before the murders, mm-hmm. it appeared. I could imagine now. So, as we may or may not have alluded to, um, there's a lot more to this story. And it seems to go all the way back to 2012. So, when Shanann and Chris got married, his parents were not in attendance. Nope. Which I was like, skirt. <laughs> um, it seems... Chris's mother, Cindy, felt some type of way towards Shanann. She didn't care for the, quote, way Shanann treated him, end quote, talking about Chris. And the two were never actually able to get along. Chris would later tell law enforcement that his mom never thought that Shanann was good enough for him. Um, Cindy and his sister felt like she had taken Chris away from them, apparently, by moving to Colorado, which it seemed to me like it was a mutual decision, but... But, I mean... who the fuck knows? Who knows? Because, I mean, it is quite possible that Cindy didn't care for Shanann because of the way things were in the beginning. And, like, I mean, it's possible. Shanann said that things were kind of shitty in the beginning. Right. So, I mean, it's definitely possible that Cindy was just not able to let it go. Right. How- and then he- they moved. Holding a grudge. And yeah. then you move across the country with the golden boy. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I could definitely see how that would all kind of fit into the narrative. So, according to an interview Cindy did with NBC, Shanann would say things like, this isn't the kind of person I would date. He doesn't know how to do this in front of Cindy. And she just didn't actually care for that at all. So, yeah. that to me sounds like a grudge thing. For sure. I mean, it's probably rooted in, I don't particularly care for the way that my son is being treated or talked to by this person. Yeah, but if he's being a tiny little pussy pants, that's partially your own (laughs) fault. Also, too, I mean, let's keep in mind, guys, that Shanann was going through a lot medically, like... Oh, for sure. And she did, from all accounts, offer him multiple outs during that time. And Cindy probably didn't see that. Nonetheless, again, relationships have so many angles. It's it's all about the context and the nuance and and what was going on in that moment versus what happened after the fact. And some people only get parts of the story. and That's just not. Well, and like sometimes, I mean, I'm very like this to a certain extent. Like my first impression of you is hard to change. Overcome. Yeah. I just that's how my brain is wired. I do try to change that, but it doesn't work. Very it ain't well. easy. So I mean, there was tension. This is one of, kind of like the first crack in the armor that we're seeing. One of the multiples. Another interesting note is that the family filed for bankruptcy in 2015, just two years after purchasing their Colorado home. The family was absolutely buried in debt. And like, I had whoa. no idea until after the fact that this was the case. When I started researching, I was like, the fuck? Suddenly that bare ass home that had like the bare minimum. It was beautiful. It was nice. But it had like the bare minimum as far as like 
curtains and you know things that like furniture and toys and it looked like what our apartment looked like babe for the first like five years of us living here it just looked like (laughs) but they still managed to drive a giant truck and a lexus exactly take that with a grain of salt yeah exactly all things considering they made good money they had a combined income of ninety thousand, but they had a three thousand dollar a month mortgage payment that is over three times my rent <laughs> I was like three thousand. No. Can you no. believe that? Ew, ew, gross. gross. <laughs> That's hideous. They had a six hundred dollar monthly car payment. In addition to student loan payments, they had medical and credit card bills. Not to mention the fact that they had two young children to care for and one on the way. I was gonna say all those extra appointments too. Kids are not cheap. One of the being a person is not cheap. Yeah, especially now. Medical bills are stupid, and oh, I hate God. them. Don't even get me <laughs> fucking started on American healthcare. <laughs> we'll be here all night. Um, if you don't include the mortgage, the Watts owed about $70,000 to various accounts. <laughs> it was a lot. There was a lot of stuff they owed, too. And at this time, they had less than a grand in their bank accounts. So their financial situation, not good. And financial troubles puts one hell of a strain on even the strongest of relationships. And so it's not really surprising to learn that over the course of the next few years, Shannon and Chris started to have serious problems. There's a crack in the foundation at this point that could have been there from the very beginning. Right. And now, so this is, you know, another thing. So let's go back to that cutesy bootsy video. <laughs> Oops, we did it again. Of Shanann telling Chris that they're pregnant again for the third time. He was so stoked about it, right? Turns out they were likely trying for that baby just to save their marriage, which guys, uh, I just stop doing stop yeah. doing it. Just never stop it, idea. people. It's not going to work. Ain't never gonna work. That's never going to work. Because in the video, Chris was happy with the news, but it would come out later that that wasn't the case. He claims to have told Shanam that he feared having another kid and he was content with just the two that they already had. And you guys, while all this is happening... Oh my god. Chris begins a relationship with another woman, Nicole Kessinger. They both worked for Anadarko Petroleum. But Chris was an operator, and she worked in the environmental department. And at some point during the month of June 2018, now you guys, pay attention to the timeline here. Because mm-hmm. this is where everything is going to start really Making coming sense. together. In June of 2018, Chris makes his way over to her office, and he just strikes up a conversation. And that is the day that he adds her contact information to his phone. And then it's just... It's just downhill from there. Because one month after their first meeting, they met outside for the work. <laughs> they met outside of work for, for the, the first, first time. time. Words are hard, guys. You'll have that. <laughs> so they meet. I get, I'm get. i going to assume in the beginning of the month of June for the first time. Yeah. June 27th, Shanann, Bella, and Cece head to North Carolina for that five to six week vacation mm. that they're going to take since Shanann works from home. It's not an issue. Ugh. Chris, however, cannot dream. join because, you know, work. I'm saying that with quotes because work is not work. I mean, he was working something. He was, mm, I bet It wasn't was. an oil rig. Ugh. Fucking gross. Ugh. Gross butthead. 
Um, the point of this trip <laughs> was to visit both her parents as well as Chris's parents because from they obviously still, they, they were, were strapped for cash. It ain't cheap to fly from basically one coast to another. Yeah. Well, like, and also that's where they're from. So right. like, both their parents are there. It just makes sense that she would take extended time with the kid. They probably don't see grandma and grandpa very often. Um, so this part is just something weird to both of us. It was yeah. like a big, gigantic red pirate flag for His us. His parents referred to this as Nutgate yeah. after the fact. That's so not only do me. I hate Chris, I also hate his parents. Yeah. Because they can also fuck off. So it was the second or third week that the family, the Watts family, was visiting with the in-laws. And Chris's mom, Cindy, brought home this tub of ice cream or whatever. And it literally had all of the things that Cece was allergic to inside of it. Mm -hmm. Um, According to a letter that's included in this discovery documents, um, Shanann actually asked Cindy if the ice cream had any nuts in it. And Cindy responded, yes, just a little. Which... I, I don't know. My cousin has a son who is definitely allergic to, like, yogurt mm. and bee stings and nuts. It is not a question of just a little. For some it people. It is, like, any of it. For some people it is. But with children, I think you're supposed to err. Especially younger children, you're supposed to err on the side of caution. So any They're sort of nut product three. could cause anaphylactic shock that could cause death. They don't know how to, like, regulate their own bodies or do any of the things that, like... A grown adult. So I'll just have a little ice cream. Just yeah, a little just is a not good Even enough just a little was for okay. me, and no, I don't same. have a child with a nut allergy. Well, and from what I understand, Shannon talks about it in like other videos, like before all this happens. Obviously, um, the allergy is in fact severe, or at least severe enough that they can't keep that stuff in the house, right? Especially because like they're kids, they're gonna go get snacks by themselves. So. Shanann, on this date, tells the girls, you can't have the ice cream, which yeah. I'm sure just ensued, like, why not, blah, blah, hysterics. But they also S- seem to be really well-behaved and understanding of things. Cindy. Fucking Cindy. Continues to try and give some to the girls and said, oh, your mommy doesn't know what she's talking about. This ice cream couldn't possibly hurt you. Mm-hmm. Shanann tries to have a follow-up conversation with Cindy. However, Cindy dismisses her, saying that she was just being overprotective and basically, like, bitch, you're being crazy. She pretty much said that, like, she didn't believe it was real. Not so much that she had the allergy, but to the severity at which Shanann was saying she had it. Well, again, I feel as though with children, they err on the side of caution. If you're showing any sort of allergic reaction, they don't want you to go... If you're a tiny baby, you don't want to go into anaphylaxis. You not be good. don't question the parenting of others unless they're, like, physically harming their child. So this was, like, even One if Cindy sick, didn't believe it, and even if Shannon was being overprotective, it That's wasn't... That's right as a mother, though. It wasn't Cindy's place to make this decision for her. But the end result is Cindy kicks Shannon out. Chris's parents don't come to Cece's birthday party. Um, and actually, Shannon was sort of pissed at Chris for Super not pissed. defending her side of things. She felt like basically um, her mother-in-law was carelessly endangering um, his own daughter's life, and he was just like, "It's whatever." I think I don't that care. he agreed with because he me, was like, "No, you're right. I'll talk to him," but yeah. I don't think he ever did. He did. He called his mom. He goes on to say in one of the things that I read that he called his mom and heard her side of the story. She denied trying to give 
the kids ice cream after the fact and said that the kids were trying to get the ice cream themselves so she removed any culpability that she would have had in the situation which i mean is that could be true let's just say devil's advocate that's what happened would you let a three-year-old get their own ice cream even if they walked out of the room and then the three-year-old did it behind their back as a grandmother I'd be like, why the fuck is that in the house if you know it could potentially be dangerous it's just negligence. So, mm-hmm. the affair. This is the nitty gritty we were talking mm-hmm. about. I wanted to save it towards like the end because it's gross and it's awful and this is this is the part where we get to hate him a lot and so well, I'm and ready for I feel it. as though it will have you asking even more questions. It will. Which you didn't think was possible. <laughs> so the physical affair begins in July of 2018. Remember that Fanan left June 28th. Chris starts seeing Nicole about four to five times a week. Chris was lying to Nicole about the status of his marriage. When they first met, he and Shanann were almost divorced, according to Nicole. And then he later told Nicole that their divorce was finalized. None of that was true. He did not bring up separation, divorce, selling the house until the morning she was killed. The reality was that Shannon and Chris were still very much married. Shannon was beginning to see behavioral changes. And this is when we kind of start seeing her, um, like, communications with her friends transition to, I'm so distraught. Chris is saying this. He's saying that. Like He doesn't want to touch me. Yeah. He doesn't want to hug me. He doesn't want to kiss me. Yeah. He won't answer we my won't. calls. He, he started working out in the gym in mm-hmm. the basement while we were still trying to talk. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They weren't having like any sort of intimate relations. None of that stuff. So according to friends, Shanann was absolutely distraught over her relationship troubles and while Shanann was out of town Chris just plays house with his mistress which is really fucking gross how disrespectful if you're gonna have an affair which you shouldn't because it's fucking rude and just morally reprehensible if you're gonna have it like don't cross all the lines maybe just the one like can you just like not do it where your fucking kids have breakfast well and I don't know is Frederick, Colorado, anything like Erie, Pennsylvania? Like, I would have to Google, like, how many people small, live there. Because, like, small, I, know, small. I know people that I don't really know, but I see them at mm-hmm. certain places. Like, and I would think it was weird if they'd be with somebody else. Like It's smaller than talk Erie. Talk about a big-ass nutsack, it. bro. What's the population of Frederick, Colorado in 2018? <laughs> Versus Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Siri. <laughs> Um, so, July 30th to the 31st, like, somewhere within these few days, Chris leaves to join his family on vacation, but not before he writes Nicole a love note, which you can find on the interwebs. It's true. It was weird. He, he had 12,000. Yeah, okay, 12,000 people. Oh, so I was going to say, it was under 20. I was almost positive. Our city's big, but we all know each other. Right. Y'all, hey, Erie. It's, I always <laughs> say that Erie is, like, a the small, biggest, big small city. Town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Truth. And, um, so he leaves to join them on vacation. And, like, how gross are you, bro, that you just got done, like, having all the sex and doing all the things with this chick for five weeks and then you're going to go join your family on vacation? Like, how, how do you look at yourself in the mirror? I feel like I need a shower based on how gross he is just Honestly. by reading it. 
And also with how fucking hot it is in my office. (laughs) I hate summer. It could be worse. We tried we tried to cool it down more. Soon the fan won't be on in the background, guys. I promise. Um, August 4th, which is somebody I know's birthday. I think it was my grandma's. I can't remember. I always get my grandma's and Alyssa's screwed up. Mm. Shyla's is in there, too. And Shyla's is also in there. Hey, Shyla. So shy. Um, Why do we know everybody with group birthdays? Because there's nothing to do in Erie but make babies in the winter. Especially in the winter, yeah. Oh, well, I'm a wine fest baby. Right, exactly. Thanks for telling me that, Mother. I love you. I mean, we talk about it every wine fest. Literally, because we have some wine, and I'm like, God damn it. This is why I am here. Cheers, everybody. I'm not mad about it. I'm glad you're so here. So Frederick I like is near too. Boulder, and it's also near Erie, Colorado. Oh, weird. weird. Just saying. <laughs> I don't like it. So, August 4th, many birthdays. Nicole and Chris have been, quote unquote, together Ugh. for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. And this crazy broad is online shopping for wedding dresses. Like fish. Mm. Well, he's divorced. They're going to be together forever, Suze. Right. Mm. August 8th, which is my dad's birthday, Chris tells Shanann mm. that he thinks they are no longer compatible. She shares this information with a friend via text. So we, like, know for a fact that on August 8th, he pulled her to her face. Before she was murdered. Correct. Mm-hmm. This was, what, So five it was not days? an emotional conversation they had right before her death that right. caused her to snap out. Which, I mean, it could... It, he very well... There could be truth to the fact that he said we're not compatible anymore. And then, the few days later, he actually says the words, I want a separation. That is possible. But nonetheless, the fr- this is, like, the framework, I feel like, being laid down. Like, he absolutely. is telling her, like... If, if you looked at me and said that, I would be absolutely fucking distraught. And I would also immediately be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't I would be, be suspicious. suspicious. So, the next day... Also, guys, they were still on vacation when he said that to her. Because they didn't come home until August 9th. Shanann has to almost immediately leave for a business trip. And she texts a friend about her and Chris having their best talk yet. So, to me, that reads, they worked things out for the time being. He's telling you what you want to hear. Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. But if I was Shanann, like, from her point of view. I'd be like, it's all going to be okay. That's what you, you would, of course this you would expect husband. that. Right? Well, like. We're going to figure it out. You would like to think that your partner's going to fight for you no Not matter what. Yep. So, on August 11th, Chris hires a babysitter. He tells the babysitter that he's going to a baseball game with coworkers, but you guys, he actually goes to the bar with Nicole. On a day he And he uses his own credit card to pay for dinner. Dumbass. And Shanann sees the charge. And Shanann looks up the menu prices. God bless this girl. <laughs> and she looked up the menu and she was like, Oh, you had salmon and two beers. That's thirty dollars. That's half the price of the bill. What what else did you have? Did you leave like, them a thirty-two dollar tip? Uh, right. I don't think he had. Because it was like a sports that. bar and grill type yeah. place, from what we were able to find, and those places aren't super expensive. Like sixty dollars goes a long way. Like Mark and I, when we used to go out all the time, we would take like forty-five bucks with us downtown. We'd hit up like Cell Block for two hours for their fucking stupid ass specials. Be wasted and ride that the rest of the night. I'm just like, telling you, we so we live in Erie, Pennsylvania. Pizza, quarter drafts. Yes, quarter drafts at 
The Plymouth. The Plymouth. Oh, and then we would get dollar slices of pizza at the cell block. Mm. After we went to Buck Night at the baseball field. Yes. Where we paid $1 <laughs> for a ticket, $1 for beers, hot dogs, and popcorn. Y'all. Mm. This city was just meant to be drunk. I'm hungry. Right. No, <laughs> After. Don't lose focus. <laughs> Don't lose focus. Anyways, August 13th, Shanann returns home. Also, I think it should be noted that she does, you know, obviously confront Chris, like, hardcore during this conversation, and she straight up asks him if he's cheating on her, and she said no. He said no. But she, like, oh, knew yeah. better at this point. Right. And there's correspondence between her and a friend basically saying, she's like, he denied it, but... This and this and this. But I just have a feeling, or I know Mm -hmm. this, that, and the third. So, you know, August 13th, she returns home, and and we know what happened after the fact. Really terrible, horrible things. Really terrible, horrible things. Um, In an interview with law enforcement on February 18th, 2019, Chris actually starts to reveal some more details about his crimes. Um, Not too long after this occurs, the lawyer representing Shanann's parents makes an appearance on the Dr. Motherfucking Phil show. I hate him. He's I the you were worst. Just saying, Doctor Mother, for a second. I was like, <laughs> the Doctor Mother, Motherfucking Phil. That's what it should be called. Um, where he shares that Chris Watts has given a full confession. Chris admitted to killing Shanann after an argument ensued regarding his wanting to separate and be with Nicole with a K. <laughs> just sounds like a stripper name. I mean, no offense if you had nothing to do with it. Um, he went on to tell police that Bella had actually walked in the room and Chris had to tell her that her mother was quote unquote sick. He then loaded Shanann's body and his daughters, physically alive daughters, into the back of his truck and he drove to his work site. Um, there's conflicting information regarding when he smothered the two girls. I did actually read somewhere in my research that he smothered them before he tried to before he killed Shanann basically he yeah. tried to smother the girls but, but they it, like, were didn't, it didn't work right like he didn't follow I think, through is I think what I happened I feel as though he was hesitating with Shanann he went the full nine yards yeah. um, but at any rate the piece of shit did it it was at the site that he smothered the girls if he didn't do it at the house he did it at the site he still disposed of their bodies inside of the oil tanks he also buried his pregnant wife in a shallow grave next to the tanks, yeah. so they couldn't even be together. He still, so that to me is just really petty. He still wanted to keep her away from them. Rumor has it during their argument, and I mean, he says that this is one of the things that really. This is the thing, though, is that he will also go on to say, and I, I don't think I specifically put it in here, but he goes on to say that he knew when he tucked his daughters in that night. That that was the last time. That that was the last time he was going to do that. Mm -hmm. But then he'll also backtrack and say that when Shannon threatened to keep the kids away from him, she basically was like, "I'm going to take the kids and go. You'll never see your children again." And he was like, "I just saw red, and that's when I lost my shit." I would be curious to know when she. I don't doubt that she said it in anger. We all say things that we might not mean, and honestly, he he didn't seem to deserve to have his children, but. So after the fact, Chris claims to have contemplated committing suicide out of guilt, but he ultimately did not. 
And Sue's out of this little fact. And this was, is my girl. Yes. I love her. If you watch Deadly Women, you already you know already who she know. be. Mm-hmm. Candace DeLong. Yes, she's a girl. former FBI profiler. And she said that this is actually extremely rare behavior. It's rare that Chris did not go through with his plans because most family annihilators do commit suicide after the fact. Either probably not out of guilt but more out of like shame like i don't want to be held accountable for yeah. this kind of thing mm-hmm. they'd rather end their lives and pay for pay for what they did absolutely i feel like a lot of times they selfish don't feel bad. they're selfish i love her so much um so there's actually a book i'm gonna look it up i have not yet i'm sorry i've been slack lacking but it's called letters with christopher Uh. (laughs) makes me want to dry heave um it details letters and conversations with the author her name is sherilyn candle she is a grandma from some she is i love that she's like an old not old but older lady and um she shared conversations and letters with chris while he was incarcerated she actually got put on her visitor on his visitors list after the fact. Interesting. Um, because he actually did authorize the use of this dialogue between him and Sherilyn um, in hopes that this could be his story of, and I'm using heavy air quotes, redemption. <laughs> what um, could you possibly say, sir? To redeem That yourself? you think that you are worthy of redemption. So from what my research was, it was in the eyes of God. Mm. Sherilyn wanted to help him redeem himself in the eyes of God by telling the truth. I don't think I... truthful. I don't think I could roll my eyes but any I don't, harder. I don't think he's ever been truthful about anything, so I highly doubt this is truthful, but... He does actually talk about what happened that night. The letters are online. They're available. They've scanned them online. You can Mm -hmm. read them. He talks about what happened that night and shares details like how he actually tried giving Shanann Oxy, Oxycontin, you know, the Oxycontin we're all familiar with. Mm -hmm. We've heard about in the news. Yeah. He gave it to her once in hopes that it would cause a miscarriage. Um, Apparently, he thought it would be easier to be with Nicole if Shanann wasn't pregnant at that time. Like, he could just leave her. So that leads me to believe that there was varying, like, degrees and, like, thought processes that, like, built upon each other. So, like, okay, he knew he wanted to leave his wife, so his first thought was, let's force a miscarriage. Awful That's human being just for that thought alone. That's a forceful abortion, though. Yeah. Like, you're a horrible person. 100,000 percent. Like <laughs> I didn't then, think I could like you any less, but here we are, Well, and Chris. then we see, like, the escalation of his thought process. So it wasn't just enough for Shanann not to be pregnant. She just couldn't be in the way anymore. She just couldn't exist. Like we see anymore. the escalation clearly. Yeah, like absolutely. and he admitted to that. Like this is shit that he admitted to. Because it's all actual conversations which were all recorded. I just I'm And not, it's all letters that she shares freely. Yeah. Like I've I've looked at his actual handwriting. I'm not religious. Oh. And I feel strongly about religion but one thing i definitely think is that god would not look at you and be like oh so you said sorry totally fine you can come into heaven like i'm sorry chris watts i don't think anything that you do is gonna get you a one-way ticket to the golden gates like that's just not you're absolutely gonna be going to the golden arches ever again (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) 
It's that was true. a good one. <laughs> so, Whew. let's talk about hmm. Nicole a little bit. Nicole with the C. Yeah, with the K. We are referring to the mistress, the mistress. not the best friend. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of weirdness surrounding her role in this whole thing. So initially, you know, real time when all of this was happening, she came out as, you know, she did not know that he was married. He lied to her and all this, that, and the third. And it really did seem as if she was a completely innocent person in the situation. In fact, he manipulated her as well. And then other things came out. So we're going to we're gonna discuss and dissect and come up with our own opinion about what happened because we all know I have lots of those. So, allegedly, Nicole contacted police and she spoke with them for nearly two hours on August 16th, which I think is weird. That's the day he got arrested. So, whatever. And allegedly, Nicole also is placed in witness protection right now. That's what I read. She's living in a different state under a different name. However, there's things that happen a little bit later that leads us to believe that might not be true. We have questions. I have a lot of questions. So, Nicole is adamant through all of the interviews and so on and so forth that she would never have agreed to date Chris had she known that he was actually still married and not going through a divorce. She claims that Chris did not wear his ring at work, which, from what I read in in their field, I guess you can... And I've seen a... It's like a degloved tail on a cat. If your ring gets stuck and pulls all the skin off, it basically makes your finger bone nude. Yeah. It can really fuck you up. So yeah. they say not to wear jewelry. Which, that makes okay. sense. My sister and brother-in-law wear like silicone yeah. wedding rings, which I know you can purchase literally on Amazon. Certainly five years ago so, also. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole claims she only discovered the truth about the marriage and pregnancy on the news yeah. with like the whole big like, whoosh, like mushroom cloud of like, I want my wife back. My wife is missing. and My wife. Hi. My wife. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> I'm not making fun. I just, it's Bob's I mean, we're murders. making fun of him myself. because he's a piece of shit. We're not making fun So of after the murders, the authorities actually searched Nicole's phone. <laughs> JKLL. Laughing my booty off. <laughs> they found searches for not only porn, which whatever blows your hair back, but they also fine. found searches for Shanann Watts. Quote, can cops trace text messages? End quote. Amber Fry. End quote. Do people hate Amber Fry? End quote. Now, folks. Didn't she also search how much Amber Fry got for her book deal? Mm-hmm. How if much you, is Amber Fry worth? If you. Was one of her searches. Why would, why would you need to know if people hate Amber Fry if you didn't do anything? Do you have a guilty conscience? Amber Fry didn't do anything. She did not. She no, she Amber actually Fry was not mistress. Amber Fry was actually innocent, though. Yeah, right. True. I don't know. It just seems weird. Just the wait because we'll get because into some more that's details. Fair. With All right, such. that's fair, and I'll give you that. But the Russell's, how much is she worth thing is yeah. what really. It's like, well, what can I get out of this? Because I read that and it. I was like, wait, what? And I had to like scroll back up, and I was like. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess you have a fair point, because if she was innocent in the situation, and, like, Amber Fry was as well, like, why, I guess she would want to see what, like, the public, like, how they're, how they received her. But why would you be doing those searches before you went to the police? And also, why did you lie to the police about when you found out Mm -hmm. he was married Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you've been to his house? Right. Well. He said it was uncomfortable because of stuff. 
But and that's just it. Like that's the thing. We're gonna see that with that Nicole Kessinger also has a habit of not being honest with law enforcement. So she told police that she thought the affair was not the catalyst for the murders, but may have accelerated the process. So she basically said that her boyfriend was capable of murder this entire time. And that she was not the reason why he snapped. She wasn't the initial reason, allegedly, in her mind. I, while I believe that they had issues and they may not have stayed married, I don't think he would have murdered his wife and children in cold blood if he did not have somebody who was a good piece of ass. Like, I'm sorry. And I don't even like talking about ladies like that, but still. She said piece of ass. <laughs> I feel some type of way. Well, this makes me mad. It makes me angry. And I don't understand. And I don't think that she was innocent in this. I don't like cheaters. And I don't, like, if you know that the other person is in a relationship, then you're you're doing bad as well not okay it's just not acceptable and she was in this she tried to play it off like she wasn't but she knew she absolutely fucking knew there are also theories that nicole was more involved in the murders themselves girl searching on tiktok mm-hmm. this girl was like hair flip i got some tea for you and i was like riveted <laughs> tell me more thing. tell yes, me the tea please. we'll make sure that we um list the name of the account that we got it's this information true. from um, there are theories that Chris was trying to protect Nicole, and that is why he gave up so quickly after the polygraph. Like, because he did. They, it didn't take a lot to break him. It was a matter of like four hours that he. It was wasn't like, a matter of if it was when it was going to happen. Yeah. type status. But it like, didn't take long at all. Like he did not. It really didn't feel like he tried. And if he did try, then he wasn't trying very hard. So this, I feel like, could have some validity to it. Hmm. It could not. Computer records also show that Nicole was frequently checking Shanann's Facebook. So you knew that they were fucking married. Because Shanann put shit about her life on Facebook all day, every day. Well, and if you're a creeper like some people I know, you know you can just (laughs) scroll back. And read shit from five years ago or six weeks mm-hmm. ago or she would have seen the pregnancy announcement. She would have seen the happy photos. Like, yeah. she would have seen the thing. That there's a video of Bella singing a song about how much she loves her dad, like, two days before all of this goes down. Nicole would have seen it all if she was stalking her mm-hmm. Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Which leads us to another fact. Nicole was a safety officer at Anandarko Petroleum, which meant she knew a lot of information (laughs) about the site that others perhaps would not have known. Maybe not even the operators like Chris. Right. She knew the ins, the outs, the things. There are rumors that the site would be a perfect place to commit insurance fraud the kind which would require an explosion that would destroy bodies as well as evidence. So it makes you wonder. Well, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's not going to hurt anyone other than the people that you want it to hurt. Well, like Mark has mentioned, and we've also mentioned in our discussions, like it really seems as if he felt like he was going to have more time to figure shit out. So He didn't didn't count on Nicole with a K being like, 
she missed an appointment. Like, what the hell is happening? Right. Let me panic. Which also really makes days. me wonder how much he was actually paying attention he to was his not. wife. He was too busy with his other life. Right, exactly. Because if you don't know that your wife's best friend is going to, like, pull the fucking trigger immediately. Like, if I don't answer to Mark's you, already Jen's, like, yeah, no, I can like never if, do that. If Jen calls you twice and you don't answer, she will call me and be like, where's Brie? <laughs> I'm like, she is... Definitely in not dead in an oil field. Like you, she doesn't really ignore you, Jen. So no, I don't. I promise. She's usually gonna just get me into trouble. <laughs> you don't do it because usually like, the shower. What's Jen have to say? It's tr- <laughs> if I don't feel like talking, Mark is like, I want Jen time. <laughs> but that just kind of relays to my point more is that like he had to he had to have he had to have planned on having more time than he did. And this Which really means fits he into that. Which planned out the murder and then the aftermath. Correct. In my opinion. Well, and then if this has any validity to it, this whole, you know, because again, because as a safety officer, Nicole would have extensive knowledge that would aid in such an endeavor, mm-hmm. which basically is just insurance fraud. Well, she would know what would need to happen to make it look not suspicious. Well, it's right? oil tankers and shit. I can't imagine it would be. It's that a not hard. stable compound anyway. Right. It couldn't be that difficult to blow the place up i mean i mean i'm not a scientist or mathematician i don't know how to do these things but for somebody who works in environmental science my brother-in-law is an engineer he might have a very good idea he works at a forge let's they not literally make things hot <laughs> but that's but that's and, just it like mm-hmm. this has i think this has you know, a possibility to have some oh, real sure. weight to it. For sure. Um, and Nicole also claims she didn't sense anything at all was off until the night of Shanann's murder. Um, before Shanann arrived home, Nicole and Chris FaceTimed, which the call lasted 111 minutes. I would rather die than FaceTime anybody Honestly. that long. I just want to make sure you're okay and then, like, I'm good. Move on. along, sir. Um, apparently he was just lying on his bed with a bare mattress under him, which Nicole thought was strange. Um, but also strangely, (laughs) when questioned 72 hours later, 72 hours later, Nicole couldn't remember any details of this conversation. Um, although she did come forward eventually claiming that Chris was just too casual about his missing family. It also should be noted. (laughs) In Nicole... It's literally in capitals. Nicole, Big shouty gaps. Nicole Kessinger does not have an actual alibi for the time of the murders. Yeah. So. There's not a single thing on police Do record. with that what you will, but. Hmm. And the whole, like, lying on the bare mattress thing is just really gives me goosebumps. Because, like, as we know, Shannon was wrapped up in a sheet. Sheets. The sheet so was found he, at the site. Like, Did he take them off in preparation? Sounds like to me this guy had a lot more plans in place than people ever gave him credit for. And right. I think because he was a bumbling fucking idiot throughout the entire thing, didn't have the foresight to get lawyers, didn't have the foresight to make any kind of lie that was any kind of believable good at for all. the world. I mean, which is good. I'm not like, you know. Didn't but even like, plan out what to know... Uh, Shannon's like routine and right. The calls up. You, know, you didn't even think like, that connecting with her. All time yeah, they would be concerned about her missing an OB appointment. Like none of that shit just speaks. I think to his level of preparation, but also his ego. I don't think he thought. I really think he thought he wasn't going to get caught. 
Especially if him and Nicole plan to blow the tanker up and make it look like an accident, he would have gotten off and it would have been no fucking problem. Him and Nicole would have been able to live the life that they wanted to live. Well, so it was, did she have cold feet? Was this not a thing? Was she not in on the plan? Did it not yeah. go off like it was supposed to? Was it not like, supposed to, was it not supposed to happen till the next day and he got fucking caught by rush? the cops? Like, who knows? Another weird thing that she Googled, in addition to searching extensively for her wedding dresses for, you know, after only two months of them being together, I knew from a very early point that Mark and I were going to be together in the long haul. I was not searching for wedding dresses. In fact, when you told me that you were thinking about proposing our one year anniversary, I was like, oh no, that's too soon, sir. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm glad it didn't happen. Now that's a whole nother story, but <laughs> now we have a whole network of now, dress related yeah, things. Now but. we uh, are on top of it. Um, Nicole also Googled topics such as marrying your mistress. Man, I'm having an affair with says he will leave his wife. Why would you fucking Google that? Because she's also stupid. Everyone is stupid. Chris is stupid. She's stupid. Or just that self-absorbed, maybe? I... I just really think that, like, you totally hit the nail on the head and that, like, they really thought that they were going to have more than 12 hours, not even, more than six hours after the deed was done, that they were going to be able to, like, make their move. Oh, for sure. If she was involved. I I can't speak definitively, obviously. Um, The morning of the murders, a neighbor claims to have witnessed a truck, a strange vehicle parked outside of their house and we see the neighbor talk to a police officer about this because on a body cam footage video and it is similar to what nicole's truck was at the time so who knows was it nicole was it not could be anything did we get the part where she had been Google searching Chris Watts as early as August 3rd 2017 which is it's a full year before she actually claimed that they spoke at work. Mm-hmm. I find that weird. That's super weird. Let me just search some random person that I don't know. What? Girl, bye. Um, so there, again, could potentially be security cam footage of Nicole at the Watts home the morning of the murders. They are not sure. They're still not sure. Obviously she hasn't been charged, so it is what it is. Right. Um, Although Nicole lived 25 minutes away from Frederick, Colorado, where the murders took place in the home, her phone pinged at a tower in Frederick the morning of the murders, which is it is especially when you consider that their work site was an hour away from frederick from all of that yeah so she should not have been in theory anywhere near that place that morning unless you were doing murder unless you're guilty right um so before nicole kindly turned her phone over to police it did appear that she attempted to destroy the sim card she also deleted texts and photos of and from chris she deleted her search history, looking to see if cops would be able to read her deleted messages. She Googled everything. Fish. <laughs> Bye. This is why you're my Google person. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> this is why you do all the Googling. <laughs> They'll never catch us. Phone records also show that Chris and Nicole were in close contact the night before the morning of and the day following the murders. 
So you want to know who he was furiously texting? Hmm. It that was would be Nicole. Nicole. Although Chris was not prescribed Oxy, he claimed to have tried to subdue Shanann with the substance. We talked about that for a very brief moment. No one in the family had a prescription to it. There are records that show that Nicole called a clinic asking how much Oxy it would take to cause someone to miscarry. What? Again, this is a TikToker, but it's with documents that were actually released by the Colorado Police yeah. Department, like the Frederick Police Department. So I, we should preface all of this that you know, take all of this for what you will. These with are the all grain theories. Of salt. Yeah, nothing of this has been proven. No, nothing, She's obviously not been charged. So. Nothing of this has been brought in front of the court of law. Innocent until proven guilty in this country, allegedly. So she, you know. As of right now, take all this for she what it said is. <laughs> well, I mean, we tell me, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you're right. At the end of the day, we did get this information from somebody on TikTok, but their sources seemed to be reasonable. Credible yeah. Also, so you know, and this is all just to spark a conversation. We're just putting the information out to the universe. You do with this information what you will. Do I think she had something to do with it? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Do I think that they're both pieces of shit who don't deserve to see the light of the day? Yep. Absolutely. That part. So, um, Nicole's phone records yet again show that she called Chris, the clinic, and then called Chris again. So, so they had a conversation. So it's almost like she was getting information and then giving it back to him. Correct. Mm-hmm. Chris is on record stating that the truth of where he got the oxy is... Quote, a secret he will take to his grave. And he did mention that to Sherilyn the whole nine I yards. Really, he it was makes like, me I ain't telling nobody. It could be anybody, though. Like, it li- like it, Oxy's not that hard to get. Like, let's be real about it. Why if you, you want to define it. Because she's stupid. <laughs> like, she's dumb. And she's ah! like, how? Here's. What does she think, like, not Googling that, but Googling, like. How does a man leave his wife or his mistress? Is going to be any less like? How can I monetize my? How much is Amber Fry worth? Like, what Amber Fry had to go through was awful, and I don't appreciate the way that she was villainized in that whole situation. Despite how we feel about how that came out, and nobody, but nobody should like want to go through that. Word. Like, why did you seek out a murderer? During this time, Nicole also Googled. Oh, yeah. How much Amber Fry net worth was. We already did that. Yep. So we all know who Amber Fry is. We get it. She was literally actively trying to figure out how to monetize the situation. It remains to be seen whether she's going to attempt to do this in the future. I feel like she'll probably wait. If she does make an attempt, it's going to be, like, way after the fact. Oh, for sure. Statute of limitation things are going to have to pass. It's going to have to be, like, an OJ kind of situation. Maybe she'll call it If I Helped Him. Ugh. Bye. Um, in interviews with police, Nicole actually avoided using the names Shanann, Bella, Celeste, and Nico, which is actually a distancing technique. It's used when you have actually wronged someone. Um, Nicole at one point texted Chris saying, quote, I want to be a part of it. Being in your life is something I crave, end quote. Now devil's advocate context is everything so we don't know what the conversation was surrounding this message either way it's not a good look 
But you can't be a part of somebody's life who has a whole family. I was going to say, best part, get best case scenario, I mean, she... you can, but I'm judging you a little bit. 100%. <laughs> um, there are reports out and about that Nicole has sent Chris, like, letters in prison, which shouldn't be the case if the bitch is in the witness protection program. But also, why would you be in the witness protection program? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, why, why would your situation warrant being under protection i think she was afraid of being harassed by i i think mostly it was she got to move somewhere else and have a new name and not be nicole kessinger anymore yeah but she's not amber fry who's out living loud and proud like come fuck with me bitches you know she's I mean? just living her life like a regular human being well, it's, and it's has closed weird. that she chapter in her like, life it's almost like she didn't do anything wrong so. yeah Exactly. Hmm. It does seem suspicious that if you were innocent in the situation, like, it makes one wonder what conversation she had with the police, and if there was... Did she admit a little culpability? Did she admit that he had made these plans? Was there something she gave them in return? I just find it very weird that law enforcement would be like, oh, you're the mistress of a man who killed his wife? Let's let's take tax dollars and put you up somewhere and give you a new identity and just completely do all the things. Well, it's not even like she trapped him with phone calls like Amber Fry did. There was literally you know nothing. What I mean? She just went to the None authorities afterwards and was like, oh, by the way. It was fucking weird. This whole letter thing, though, does come from a cellmate of Chris's in Wisconsin. So, so take that God only knows if there's any truth to that. But I mean, what would he, why would he say that? Like, what does he have to lose? Like sometimes people are just looking to get involved in situations, but then there's that other side of the coin that like, why would I just volunteer that information for no reason? Apparently Nicole needed to speak to him to clear some things up. Quote, so I'm unquote. wondering if he saw like the letter for a hot second I was like, ooh, juicy. And then Chris, like, snatched snatched it away or something. So this is just some, like, random note type things, I feel. Um, According to notes from Nichols, Nichols. (laughs) I want to read that as a last name. (laughs) I've been reading books where everybody goes by their FBI last name, Mm -hmm. so I'm like, Nichol. Honestly, it's a miracle that I didn't call Shannon Shannon after having a drink and some wine. I'm just proud that my part with her name's done. Right. <laughs> um, so according to the notes from Nicole's interview with authorities, Chris Watts, he said she woke up on the morning of her disappearance, that's in brackets, and they got into an argument and she, quote, Shanann, was being pretty mean. She told Chris that she is pregnant and said the kid was not his. Nicole said he was playing like he did not know Shanann was pregnant, even though she was 15 weeks pregnant, which is... The whole world, slash whoever followed Shanann on Facebook... Knew she was pregnant. Knew she was pregnant. Bitch, you're lying. You said you wanted her to be pregnant. (laughs) Um, Additional interview notes actually show that Nicole was aware that Chris and Shanann were still living together and still proceeded with what she was doing. Conscience, whatevered. Um, Nicole had even actually encouraged Chris to work on his marriage. Chris told Nicole that Shanann did not want to work on their marriage, but this was a lie. Shanann, from what she texted to her friends, yeah, 
at every point, she was very interested in saving her marriage to Chris for some other pooping reason. All of this sounds like Nicole trying to deny any accountability put some distance between herself and shenan be like oh well i didn't know or i i i didn't know that he knew or blah 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 i just don't understand any of it and it's really sad because at the end of the day four people in reality one soon-to-be person and three that were very much alive their lives are no longer because what Again, like Mark said earlier, bro, take take those five weeks, pack up yeah. what you want, put it in your truck, go do whatever you want. Just leave. You didn't have to do this. It just it's doesn't just make insane. any sense. It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. <sighs> this guy fills me with rage. And hopefully he will die a slow, horrible death. He is in a town to town on the Casey Anthony scale. Well, <sighs> again, though, people... So they already had to move his prison once because people were like, we don't like that you hurt your own kids, you dumb motherfucker. They don't like it when you hurt pregnant people. Like, they have a weird code of conduct amongst Mm -hmm. themselves. So if it sorts itself out, it is what it is. But this man will at least never see the light of day on the free side of the road. Thank God. There's that. Ugh. This one is awful. consolation. So, you guys, that's the terrible, awful story of the Watts family murders. It's really sad. It's really awful. And Chris is a fucking douchebag. We hate him. I call him a douche canoe because fuck mm-hmm. that guy. This case is really interesting in a lot of ways because it does kind of shed light on a lot of, like, behavioral aspects that I think, as anybody who enjoys true crime as entertainment would enjoy. So, make sure you guys check out those YouTube channels. We'll definitely make sure those are... Listen there for you. They'll be linked. Y'all. As well as the uh, Netflix documentary that we watched. And yeah, so you know the drill, guys. We appreciate you so much. We love you. We love you so we think you're much. We do I don't want to kiss you though, so sorry. We don't. I don't like to be hugged. We like you a lot, <laughs> but not like But that. I really like you and I really appreciate you listening and hanging out with us every week. It really means a lot to us. As Hell we told yeah. you guys before, we check our app pretty frequently about like how things are going and it's going pretty good and I'm pretty excited. Well, and as we said before, we've monetized our podcast. Yes, we made a whole two dollars. One penny every time someone listens. So we appreciate all of you. That's literally just a drop in the bucket of what I hope to become a giant ocean of doll hairs. (laughs) You never know. I'm just having a blast. This is a lot of fun. This is what we'd be doing on a Saturday anyways. Mark just sitting here shaking his damn head at us, laughing at our shenanigans. He agrees with most of our commentary. <laughs> most of I mean, I definitely hate this dude. Mark. He does hate him. <laughs> he does hate Chris Watts. I suggested the case. It's true, actually. <laughs> when asked which one he would want to be on, this was it. And so here we are. Here we are. As you guys know, we're available on Google and Apple Podcasts. We're available on Spotify and our awesome publishing platform Anchor. Anchor. We love um, you. There's a few other places that we can be found if you need something else. Let us know. Please rate and review us. Well, there's other. Shut up. 
Mark's making fun of me. <laughs> There's other platforms that not everyone knows about. Yeah. They're not weird. It's fine. Like, Suze didn't know what Stitcher was. I literally was like, what? I didn't know what Overcast cool. was. What is this? I just work here. Barely. You go away. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we really appreciate you. And if you appreciate us, please leave us a rate and review on one of our platforms. It really, really helps us it. out. Yeah, thank you. It definitely helps. If you guys have any case suggestions, cocktail suggestions, or you just want to say hi, please hi, do. Hi. I link all of our social media information in the episode description. So please check that out. Anything you want to say to the people? No, ma'am. Mark, you want to say bye? Gotta go. <laughs> bye, guys. Bye.